Welcome to the Next Level Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, the results manifestation coach for women. I am on a mission to help them just like you to break through your limiting beliefs, your old programming and paradigms to truly manifest a life that you want, not what everyone else in your world and in society tells you that you should have, but what you want. You are in for such a treat because what we're going to be doing in this show is to help you unlock the secrets to manifesting that life. Where those secrets exist, they exist in your mind. And our goal through these episodes is to really help you unlock the secrets to take your life to the next level to manifest a life that you love. So whether you want more money, more freedom, to have more impact, better relationships, you want better health, happiness, whatever your goal is, we are here to support you in achieving it. Tune in to this podcast every single week like it's your job, because I promise you, it's going to create massive change in your life. So let's do this. Hello and welcome back to The Next Level Woman. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, and today I am joined by Joyce Schwarz. And if you don't already know her, you need to know her. I have her book signed, Prize Possession. Let me just read her bio. Joyce Schwarz is the founder of the Vision Board Institute that has trained more than 475 certified vision board coaches around the globe. She's the author of seven books, including the bestseller, The Vision Board, The Secret to an Extraordinary Life, which has sold more than 100,000 copies. Raised in a housing project in Cleveland, Ohio, she manifested a glamorous life from working the editorial staff of women's magazines in New York City to a role as VP for a major ad agency in Hawaii to Ocean View Penthouse in Marina Del Rey, California, and the love of her life by harnessing the power of the ancient art of visioning and creation of vision boards. Her true labor of love is helping women like you to live the life of their dreams, no matter your age or bank account. Welcome, Joyce. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. Good to see you. Great to see you. And this book, really, this is such a different, this is not just surface level. This is such an amazing book. It's I uh, can't recommend it enough. And then I noticed when I pulled it out to share today, forward by Bob Proctor and afterward by Jack Canfield. You can't yeah. beat that. <laughs> and they're both uh, leaders in their field and they're both very different. Uh, Bob is a little more, I suppose, on the intellectual side and uh, uh, Jack is more on the touchy-feely side, but they probably both say the other thing around. So Absolutely. Because they're universal truths, really. So. Yeah. Tell us your story. How did you become basically what I consider the Ooh. queen of vision boards? Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it's a long story, but then again, it's not. As, uh, as you read, I am um, from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, um, from a, um, I guess, working class family, you'd have to say. We lived in a housing project, a government housing project. I think our rent was $39 a month or something when I was a little kid. It wasn't that, that long ago. So that was interesting, uh, you know, because you're always kind of, um, labeled as the project kid. 
I was good at school and uh, we did move to a, a new house in one of the, I guess you'd say, m lower middle class suburbs of Cleveland. And I still have that house. So one of the things that I found was that when actually we moved to the house, I had gotten a job at 14 years old uh, selling magazines door to door. Uh, you've all seen this. You've all had people knock on your doors. Uh, maybe not so much during COVID, of course, but uh, it's a little more common, I suppose, 20 years ago. And they would actually teach us how to do this. They would show us how to, quote, break the first no. And so you'd always look at someone uh, like your name on the door or on the mailbox or something. And it would say, uh, Dr. Lisa Hart. And I'd say, oh, are you, are you uh, Dr. Hardy? No, I'm Dr. Hart. Oh, so the person has already said the no. So that's one of your tips for tonight. Breaking that first no, getting person to say a no in front of you is great because it does break that first no for you and for them. And it leaves the door open for a yes. So really, as 14 years old, I learned this great lesson. I was making some outrageous amount of money. I mean, literally $200 a week or something cash. It was just outrageous. Well, because what I did was I kind of outsmarted the system because I didn't want to go knock on all the doors. So I was a little afraid. So I went to beauty salons, ladies' hair salons, and I asked them because, you know, they always buy a lot of magazines. And, you know, I'm getting ready to pay for college. I was 14, but I said that anyway. And uh, then I'd go to the women's garages and I'd say, oh, yeah, my dad's an engineer and he works a lot of his cars. And he loves cars and whatever. And I'm just happened to be in town. I was just talking to the lady, to uh, Mrs. Brown over there at the uh, uh, salon. And she said, come on over and, and talk to uh, Bob here. And he's, oh, yeah, Bob. I said, oh, you guys need any magazines to put in your lobby? I saw you have magazines in your lobby, right? I said, um, you know, you think you have too many? No, we can never have too many. Once again, breaking that, no. So I started having that little system. And that was great. But along came, here's where you talk about one of the first uh, challenges. I got bit by a dog oh. uh, really badly. Okay. So I couldn't walk. It was right on my ankle. I couldn't walk. So I had to quit that job. And I'm sitting on my parents' little backyard and uh, it's the middle of summer and I'm too young at 14 to uh, get a real job, even though I could have probably gotten a work permit, but maybe not. And babysitting was just, you know, they wanted somebody cheaper at that point. They wanted somebody they could pay, you know, some little pittance to, and I was requiring a little bit more. So I'm sitting there trying to decide what I'm going to do with my life. And um, my mom sees me sitting out there doing, twiddling my thumbs, I guess. And she says, here, here, take my McCall's magazine. If you're a woman or your grandma was uh, probably getting this magazine, maybe your mother. And there were these magazines, kind of like Family uh, Circle and uh, some of the other magazines that you see at the supermarket. And one of them was called McCall's. And this is the only magazine my mother could afford that she would get. And it was really precious for her to give her the magazine because it was like, oh, we want to keep those and put them in a, you know, kind of like National Geographic, want to store them. So she mm -hmm. gave it. And I'm sitting there and she says, you better decide what you're going to do with your life, darling lady. You can't sit around twiddling. And I thought, okay, I'm 14. I guess I've got to decide. So I looked at the magazine and I said, I'm going to be a magazine editor in New York City. And she said, okay, whatever you want. It was so outrageous that nobody questioned it. And that is the amazing part is sometimes you can come up with something that really is your ultimate dream and people won't even say you're crazy because they think, oh, there's no way in the world she's ever going to be able to do this. But okay. At uh, 19 years old, I was going to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Some of you may know that area in Southern Appalachia. 
and uh, I uh, was working on the Ohio University uh, newspaper, daily newspaper, The Post. I think it was campus editor or something. And uh, one of the gals comes in, Dina comes in, she's streetwise, Philadelphia. And remember, I'm from this, you know, kind of like blue collar family. And I'm not exactly streetwise. I'm, you know, I've been sheltered a little bit, but uh, I'm not, uh, I wasn't used to uh, dealing uh, with uh, wheeler dealers, let's just say. And she said, um, here's your chance to go to New York. Because I told everyone I'm going to go to New York and work on magazines. And I said, oh, great. What is it? And she says, here, um, you just sent in this application. And you could be one of 13 uh, people across the United States. I said, oh, Gina, thank you so much. He said, how am I going to do this? We don't even have a dean of our journalism school. Who's going to recommend me? She says, well, you're head of the Honor Society for the journalists. And I said, women journalists. I said, yeah. And she says, well, why don't you just call the dean up right now? I said, well, how do I get him? She says, we just did a story about it on the news, in the newspaper. And I said, okay. And I asked the gal that did the story, do you have a phone number? She says, yes. I used their long distance call because remember there was no email back there and having long distance was a big deal. And I called him up and I, Dr. McGinnis, I think was his name. And I said, Dr. McGinnis, hi, I'm head of president of the journalism honorary. He said, oh, great. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of time. Can you kind of cut to the chase? And I said, yeah, I need a recommendation for this thing in New York with the Magazine Publishers Association. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll dictate it and have my secretary um, overnight it to you. I mean, I have no idea what it cost to overnight those days. I said, okay, send it to me at the newspaper, just so I was afraid somebody from the door might get it. And uh, I get off the phone. I said, yeah, he's going to do it. Good, good. And I said, okay, Tina, where do I put this poster back? Because it was one of those that had the tear-offs on it. She goes, what do you mean put it back? And I said, well, somebody else might want to apply. She's here, give me that poster. <laughs> Court, I, put it. I said, just you're the best qualified. That's it. Uh, executive decision. I said, okay. I felt a little pang of somewhat guilt. But then I thought, well, I am very qualified. You know, why should I worry about that? And that part of it is that goes into the women's thing as we're talking about upper leveling is that so many times we start by saying, you know, oh, someone says, oh, what a beautiful dress. And you go like, oh, yeah, this thing, I've had it for 90 years, you know. Uh, my great-grandmother had it in a suitcase somewhere, and I had to darn it. You're all these excuses um, because you don't want to look like you're standing up in the crowd, right? right. You want to be a member of the crowd. You don't want to look too uppity. You don't want to look too braggadocia. Um, and uh, so you go, okay, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just like you. I'm not that good. And yeah. Uh, I'm hearing Joel Osteen as I said that on <laughs> Sunday morning where he actually talks about, and they said another gal who has a book out and it's the one, I forget what it's called, the, the one, only one uh, sentence you need to know and it's celebrate yourself. So I got the uh, internship and I went to New York and I literally got to work at McCall's Magazine. That was on my application. The other half of the summer, I worked at Reader's Digest Magazine, which everybody would think would be kind of stodgy, but it was outrageous. I had a, and remember, this is a kid, <laughs> we have one magazine in our house, we have no books in our house other than my school books, uh, we have a stereo, I don't think we have a TV at that time, and um, I'm suddenly in New York City living in the dorms at um, Columbia Women's uh, College and uh, graduate school uh, for women, and uh, I literally get a chance to go out to Chappaqua, some of you have known that, that's where uh, uh, President Clinton, his wife, Hillary, were living for a while. Gorgeous, gorgeous area. And they put me in a uh, hotel, and it was the Henry Ca Cabot Lodge suite or something. And it, nobody was using it. It was, like, bigger than my living room. My living room was pretty big. And I went to the next day. They had a driver drive me in a, you know, kind of a, a little SUV kind of thing. And I, I went over there 
to the Reader's Digest, a big, big sprawling area. I walk in and the lady says, okay, can you pick out your art? I said, what do you mean? The receptionist, what, what art? Just go over there and pick out some art you want for your office. And I said, oh, okay, maybe some posters and stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. I go over there. They have Chagall's. They have Van Gogh's. Wow. These are not reproductions. This is part of the Wallace Family Museum. So I pick out a Chagall, why not? One of the names I do. Or Picasso, I forget. And uh, the editor comes to me and he says, come on, you're on. And they give me a whole office. I'm 19 years old. I'm barely 19. And uh, I have an office and I'm looking out at these beautiful grounds with flowers and everything. And I go, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> um, and so that was this instant fulfillment. And by 22 years old, I went back to New York, 21. And I was actually working on the women's magazines and uh, later uh, left New York and went to live in San Francisco, where I ended up in the advertising business and uh, worked on major clients like, um, oh, I'm trying to think, AT&T and Levi's and uh, Revlon and, and Sheraton. And along the way, I got married. That, that was a wonderful, wonderful man, a good friend to this day. Uh, not romantic, unfortunately, on my part. And uh, we did get a divorce. And as I was getting a divorce, once again, I had a great manifestation, as one might say. I kept uh, actually working with a, a Buddhist counselor that I'd somehow found was giving classes and he didn't have any classes going on. I said, well, can I pay you privately? So, you know, you can make a donation. I said, of course. And so remember that every door, there is an opportunity. Someone says no, and you can always work something out. So I worked with him and ended up, uh, the relationship was good. When, when I left, got recruited to Honolulu, Hawaii, working for a big ad agency, looking over my office was corner office, looking over the ocean on one side and the mountains on the other. Work for some major, major clients there. Had another work with Revlon, Sunkist, um, Dole Foods, of course, with the pineapples and the Bank of Hawaii. And then I ended up doing what uh, is probably one of the prizes of my life is a $40 million cooperative marketing program where all the companies put in money. This was United Airlines and oh, Ford and a bunch of other people where they were giving away trips to Hawaii. And this was, Hawaii was still a very expensive destination. Of course, it can be now, but there are lots and lots of deals, of course, now. And we ended up doing Hawaii Week in New York City. And so it was outrageous. And I was involved in that whole program. And at that point, I come back from that program. Oh, I actually, once again, manifested. I was so exhausted. And I'm at one of the parties, wrap parties, as one might say, wrapping up the project in New York City. And uh, one of the uh, gentlemen come over from the travel industry and he said, oh, we did a great job, blah, blah, blah. He said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'd love to go on vacation. I said, but I don't have any place to go. He says, I live in Hawaii. What am I going to do? And I had actually been dating somewhere. And he said I, he'd meet me in Egypt. That didn't work out. So I'm, I'm there with warm clothes for Egypt. And he said, well, how would you like to take a cruise? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd gone on a couple of smaller cruises before, but never a big cruise. And he said, okay, I'll work it out. I'm with uh, Princess Cruises. And I got like, oh, which is, what is it called now? I forget. Oh, Carnival, I guess. And uh, he said, uh, or maybe it's Princess now. And it used to be Sitma, trying to get all those things straight. And he says, uh, okay, fine. I said, what do you think it's going to cost me? He says, eh, probably a couple hundred dollars. And I said, what? For a week? I said, well, can I do two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, sure, why not? And so I took two-week, uh, one-week cruise, came back and back to Miami, I think it was, and went on the next week. 
met some wonderful people. I was sat at the staff captain table um, because he, you know, he comped me in. And the night that I was going to buy everybody wine at the table, there was like the president of Holiday Inn and all these people in the travel industry. And they said, oh, no, the wine's been taken care of. <laughs> so I get back to Hawaii and it's, it's, well, I guess the end of December by then and almost New Year's Eve. And uh, I uh, come into the office, I guess literally New Year's Eve, come into the office early trying to wrap some stuff up that I'd missed when I was out doing all this promotion and marketing and my other clients. And the president of the ad agency says, Joyce, come on in. I said, okay, fine. He says, I've got some news for you. And I thought, okay, what is it? He says, uh, we're going to have to let you go. I go, huh? I've just done this big promotion in the New York Times. All this stuff, all this great advertising and marketing and PR. He says, yeah, we're really having trouble financially, so we're going to have to let you go. And it's time for us to depart or something. And I said, well, can I ask why? No, it's just finances. It has nothing to do with you. It's not business. You know, it's not personal. I said, it's just business. I said, okay, fine. So I'm literally fired. And I said, well, do I get two weeks or anything? He says, yeah. And so he says, just make sure your keys to the car are in on Monday. This is after Fourth of, uh, after New Year's Eve. And I'm going like, that sounds a little skeptical. Why would I have to have it in after New Year, rather on January 2nd or 3rd, whatever it is? Couldn't I keep it two weeks? So I come back in and the, the security guard on that day, is in my office, and he says, oh, we need the keys to the car. They've given me a comp car to use. And I said, okay, fine, fine. He said, we well, better give this right now, or else we're going to have to uh, call someone. Okay. Give him the keys, and I figure I'm still on for another two weeks, right? And then uh, that night, I, I went back to my, my condo, and I thought, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out too good. I'm going to go back to the office. I went back to the office with the biggest suitcase I have, because remember, nothing was digital 20 years ago. Right. And I took all of my promotion and marketing and advertising and all the ads that I'd done and all the press releases and all the articles and whatever that I really basically owned, uh, copies of stuff. And I left them the originals, but I used that Xerox machine a little bit that night and uh, put it all in the suitcase. And one of the other guards was on duty. He's not the guard that has with the keys. He says, oh, Joey, you take another trip again because I take these trips. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be taking a, a big trip this time. Okay, fine, fine. And I'm waiting for the cab. He said, where's your car? I thought I had to go and be serviced, you know. Oh, yeah, that's it. It always is a problem. And I said, okay. So I get in the um, uh, uh, cab and I, you know, take my stuff up. And that was the end of my job. So I've done this magnificent job. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And then it was like, at 22 years old, I'd already fulfilled the first dream, which was to work at a magazine in New York City and be a writer. I also did a lot of freelance writing for the Christian Science Monitor, Family Weekly, Parade, one magazine you get with your, you used to get with your newspapers when you got newspapers. And I go, what am I going to do? And I thought, I'm going to go to graduate school, you know? And so they gave me, I don't think I got any of those big parachute things they talk about, but I did get unemployment. And uh, so meanwhile, I uh, applied to graduate schools and I got into uh, American Film Institute, which is a wonderful program in, in uh, Los Angeles where you do women filmmakers. Uh -huh. and I was going to women directors program. So I just have to go in and, and sign up and pay, you know, whatever. So I, I arranged my trip to Los Angeles. I get a hotel nearby. I rent a car. I go over there, up in the hills, it's way up in the hills in Los Angeles, that anybody knows, way past Los Feliz, up in the hills. And uh, I go, this place looks a little dead. And uh, there's construction things outside, whatever. And I go up to the door, and it doesn't open. So I'm, like, pounding on the door. 
And this construction guy opens the door. He says, what do you want? I have a meeting. Um, see a piece of paper here, which is uh, a letter. Remember a letter? A printed out letter. Uh-huh. And it says, I have a meeting at 2 o'clock today. You sure you have the right day? I said, yeah, I have the right day. It's uh, January 18th or something. Well, right year? I said, yeah, I got the right year. Well, I don't know. He says, I don't think they're up there. Some lady comes down and she's leaving and she goes, they're not up there, honey. They're not even here. We're on this intercession or something in between break. I said, no, I see, I have this meeting. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think you missed it. You were probably supposed to come early. If you're supposed to start the new session in February, I think you totally missed out. Well, how could that happen? I have this paper. <laughs> okay. So I go, well, I knew if I went back to the hotel, I would just sit and cry. I was just afraid that obviously I'd goof stuff up. And remember in those days, we didn't have instant messaging. We didn't have texting. Right. Nobody's going to take a call. I call this office. Nobody's, you know, no call forwarding. All those kinds of things that we just take for granted now. You couldn't get a hold of this guy. He was like the dean or something. Um, and so I stop at a place that, you know, probably you all know the kind of place, a bagel and and juice place, you know, we all got this even more now. And it's called a bagel nosh. I think it's still there on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard in Beverly Hills. If you ever go, they do have great bagels. And I ordered an orange juice and I was so scared of, I had my portfolio, remember you have a portfolio, and my videos and all that in that day. I'm carrying videos, you know, video cassettes. And now it all seems incredulous, but whatever. And I bring it all into the bagel nosh and this Older guy next to me with a beard says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm looking for a job. You know, I'm looking for, I don't know why I said that, because I was going to graduate school, right? I said, I'm looking for a job. What kind of job? I said, well, I I think I want to be in the film industry. He says, I said, yes, yeah, I went up to AFI to be a master's and whatever. He goes, oh, a lot of, too much information. So what do you really want to do? And I said, well, I guess right now I'd like to go to graduate school. And uh, he said, well, you're from Los Angeles. I mean, from San Francisco, right? I said, yeah. And where was I at that time? Uh, no, I was in Hawaii. And he said, well, you're in Los Angeles. Maybe you could uh, go down to Palo Alto or to Stanford. And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to get to Stanford. I haven't taken one, one um, science course since I was 12 years old. I took Earth science. I said, they're not going to let me in. I'm going to have all those prereqs. And I'm not starting over. And he says, well, tell you what, let me make a call. So he makes a call on one of those old brick phones. Remember? Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Now, he said to me, here's quarter or whatever it was to make a real call. I said, I can't give you the phone. That's too expensive. But here, make a call to this guy and see if you can see him. I said, where is it? And he says, down at USC in the film school department. I said, I'm going to get in there either. He says, well, how do you know? Drink your orange juice, drink my orange juice. And he said, you have a nice tan. I said, thank you. <laughs> Didn't even get the guy's name. And then this angel is here. And so I go down and I meet, um, sorry, I wish I would knew his name, John, uh, who's head of the department of the um, creative writing and uh, master's in professional writing program for film. And uh, I walk in with all my stuff. Remember, I'm clogging around with all this stuff. And my little suit, you know, a little suit, my little pumps, my nylons, pantyhose, I guess we had in those days. And uh, he said, so where are you from originally? I said, Ohio. He says, oh, I know Ohio. I said, oh, good. Cleveland area? He says, no, not really. He says, where did you go to college? And I said, uh, Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. I said, it's in Athens. I said, it's not the Ohio State one, the big football. He said, no, I know Ohio University. I got my doctorate. So what do I say again? Trying to trying to uh, totally uh, get myself goofed up. I say, no, no, no. There aren't that many people get a doctorate there. It's very few doctorates. 
I have a doctorate there, Joyce. You want to look up at the wall? I said, oh, you do. You do. <laughs> oh, you do. And I said, so you want to see my stuff? He says, no. I said, what do you mean you don't want to see my stuff? Because you're enrolled. I said, well, how could I be enrolled? I didn't take the graduate record exam. I didn't, I didn't apply. He says, it's about uh, 4 o'clock, 4.10. You've got till about quarter to five to go over to the registrar's office and write a check. It's got to be in by tomorrow afternoon. I said, for what? He says, for the next semester. The semester's starting. It's January. I go, okay. So I walk over. I go, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Take all my stuff. <laughs> I don't take them out of the car because, heaven forbid, it gets stolen. Um, and, but once again, remember some of the things that I was doing is very specific as to what I wanted, okay? And even though I kept saying no, I did go ahead and follow the advice. And so I go to the registrar's office, and once again, I try to goof myself up. She says, well, it's going to be $11,500. And I said, oh, my God. I, I was supposed to write you a check for 11500 I said, you know, I don't know if I have that much more. I, I, I don't know how much money I actually have in that account. Well, let's see if it works. And I said, you want an ID? And I give her a Honolulu ID. And she goes, oh, that's, that's okay. No problem. It's a stage. Okay. And I said, but, well, hold on a second. I said, I could, like, take a trip around the world for... 11 grand. She says, yeah, but you won't have a graduate degree from USC and it won't be from the film school where Lucas and Spielberg went. And so you'll have to start all over when you come back. And I'm mm, okay. And so I was very fortunate with the people I got, you know, kind of bumped into, I guess one would say, another angel. She writes my receipt. I mean, you know, clean, clean, and the receipt comes out kind of like you're buying mm, a package of uh, gum or something. And she says, okay, you're enrolled. Well, don't I have to fill out. You can do that. Here, take these papers. You can do that and bring them in tomorrow or, or Wednesday when you start. Okay. And then I literally drive myself back to the hotel and think, I gotta move over here. <laughs> so I go get an apartment that afternoon with rented furniture in there, and I go back to Hawaii. And actually, I didn't even go back to Hawaii. I, I started the classes, and then the next break we had, which was whatever, spring break or something, I went back to Hawaii, sold my condo with all the furniture in it, and came back to be a student at, um, let's just say, 30-plus years old. And so I actually was really excited about this whole new area. It was called multimedia. And, you know, today we, you know, basically use all of that. It's video and phone and internet and the connection to virtual reality, augmented reality, and this metaverse that we've heard about. All right. And all those technology things together. And I'm thinking, well, how am I even going to understand all this? And I'm a very quick study. So I got myself into that, started doing some consulting, and then uh, started my own business, had that for about seven years until Los Angeles got earthquaked, and I think it was about 94, and I had to move out of my office, moved into my house. Oh, just to add a little challenge there, I had a catastrophic accident. I was doing some consulting, I won't say the client, but it was a big client, and uh, I went to the hotel, uh, one of the hotels in Beverly Hills to pick up my tickets. The travel agent had left my tickets there for the next day. Still needed tickets in those days to go to Las Vegas to speak at a big conference and um, about this new area of multimedia. And what happened was uh, I'm into the conference and somebody spills Diet Coke while we're standing in line. There's a whole bunch of people standing in line, spill Diet Coke. And what do I do? I have this wonderful little polka dot suit on and I have polka dot fabric shoes to match, if you can believe. 
And all of a sudden I take a step backwards and I fall over, totally pop all over. I break a tooth or two. I slam my head into a uh, concussion. And it basically takes me about 12 weeks to recover because I've got TMJ. At that point, I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull things out. I guess all that luck I had all my life is gone. Something happened. I went through the wrong door. Hey, before you go, I hope that you loved this episode. I would love it if you could do me two quick favors. First, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Woman. That way, you will get notified when the new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe to follow us. The other thing that I would love for you to do is to join us in my Next Level Manifestation Facebook group. This is an awesome place off the podcast platform where you can ask questions. I do free trainings and share very helpful resources there too. You're going to love it. And it's a great place to also find other women who are going after big dreams and getting great results. Links are in the show notes or go to lisahart.com, L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com. 